Robert Burns is Scotland's national bard and one of the world's most famous poets. Each year he's celebrated across the globe as people sit down together at Burns suppers to share his work and his legacy. While poetry is at the heart of these celebrations, so too is food and drink. In this episode of the Tay the Bard podcast series, we discuss how Scotland's national drink whisky has become synonymous with celebrating Scotland's national bard. Our guests know better than most how a wee dram has woven itself into Scotland's cultural fabric. Jacqueline McKee has worked for Isle of Arran Distillers for 14 years, the only working distillery on an island that was once home to many of the illicit stills on the west coast of Scotland. Graham Littlejohn is Deputy Director of the Scotch Whisky Association, which is tasked with promoting and protecting the whisky industry in Scotland. So, Burns himself was a whisky fan, and he referenced it in a number of his works. Graham, how different is the nip that Burns would have enjoyed in the 18th century to what we buy today? Well, you you won't be surprised to to know that um, the world of whisky is is a bit different now than it was in the in the 1700s. So there is quite a bit of difference between the the whisky which Burns would have known and the uh, the Scotch whisky which people enjoy today. I mean, malt whisky back in the 1700s was very fiery in character. Um, there was pretty primitive stills um, uh, on the go at that time, and they were often small enough so they could be picked up and carried if the taxman got a little bit too close to the distillation of the spirits. But the, the lack of distilling know-how in the 1700s meant that the, the spirit was pretty potent. And you know, in terms of the ABV, the alcoholic strength of the, the whiskey, it would be more akin to cast strength whiskey of, of today. Um, so that's around 60, 65 percent ABV, pretty strong stuff. Um, it really wasn't until later on, early in the 19th century, that a new type of distillation was invented uh, in, called the continuous distillation method from the coffee or patent still, which led to the production of grain whiskey. Now, when grain whiskey, which is less intense than malt, is, is blended with that malt whiskey, then you, you get a, a much lighter flavoured whiskey. And that really is the basis of many of the blended Scotch whiskies which are enjoyed across the world today. Yeah, because I'm aware that we have many beautiful and diverse whiskies produced in Scotland. So you see the strength of the 18th century whisky, does that mean that it would have been less nuanced, that there would have been less of a regional difference in the spirits that were produced or were they still very distinct? Far fewer characteristics in the whisky of, of the day in the 1700s. I mean, it, today there are 128 operating distilleries across Scotland and um, and that number is growing all the time. Now, back in the 1700s, there were many more illicit stills in the country, thousands of illicit stills. But as I said, these stills are pretty primitive of nature. You would get a very inconsistent spirit from them. So you wouldn't get many of the notes and characteristics from modern day whiskies in, in, that, in that whiskey that Burns would have enjoyed. Um, I mean, today... There are, you know, there are five Scotch whisky regions: the the Lowlands, Campbelltown, Isla Highlands, and the and Strathspey. And each of these regions have pretty uh, distinct characteristics. And within those regions, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of expressions of Scotch whisky for people there to discover. Thank you. And 
we have, of course, representation from one of our great local distilleries here today, Jacqueline from Isle of Arran. Jacqueline, you've created several Robert Burns bottlings. Tell us why you decided to honour Burns in this way. Well, Arran, our Arran distillery is probably one of the closest distilleries to Burns' uh, birthplace in Alloway in Ayrshire. Um, so when we opened our distillery in 1995 and then celebrated our first single malt whiskey three years later, it seemed quite a natural partnership for us to create um, a single malt and a blended whiskey with featuring Robert Burns' signature, his his face, and as a real tribute to him and the area that he that he was born in. Mm-hmm. Um, we also work alongside the World Burns Federation who... Um, have have partnered with us with these two single malt and and blended whiskies featuring Robert Burns and um, we've enjoyed a, a patronage with them as their only whisky patron uh, since 1998 so, and it's been a fantastic um, a fantastic journey into the world of Burns and whisky. So Burns very much at the heart of your operations from quite early on. Yeah, it was. Um, he was, and, and you know, it's we we almost sort of treat it as um, a sort of piece of liquid poetry that that is a real tribute um, to our our national bard, and it's a whisky that is very popular, as you might imagine, um, all over the world, particularly in places like Canada um, and America, where there are a lot of of people with with Scottish heritage. So, Jacqueline, you described it there as a tribute. Can you talk us through the process of creating these whiskies? How did you draw inspiration from the bard? Well, our the the classic character of the Arran single malt is a very fresh, fruity island whisky. We don't actually use any peat in the production of the Arran single malt. So... It's a very sort of youthful, fresh, vibrant single malt. Um, and we felt as though the sort of independent spirit of our distillery, we are an independent distillery, one of the few remaining independent distilleries in Scotland. And we like to think that we do things a little bit differently, um, quite innovative and quite spirited. Um, <laughs> and we, we really think that our, our whiskies are, I think that Robert Burns would have been proud and happy with, with what we're doing in the industry as a whole. Um, and I think that our, our single malts show that. I wonder if Robert Burns, I mean, how could it ever have occurred to him that he would have <laughs> ended up in the bottles and the boxes of yep. these fabulous malls? I like to think he would have he would have quite liked it. I think he would have. <laughs> um, so, as we've said, Burns, he, he was known to be a fan of a dram. And alongside Robert Burns, whiskey is one of Scotland's biggest exports. Graham. Can you briefly tell us how the industry has grown over the years? Yeah, I, I mean, it, as, again, it's changed hugely since the days of Burns. Uh, I, of course, everybody knows that Scotch whisky is Scotland's national drink. But, you know, back uh, in Burns' day, Scotch was really just a local drink uh, enjoyed only in Scotland. Um, but today, Scotch is still Scotland's national drink, of course, but it's and it's still local. It's crafted by communities right across the country, including, as you've just heard, in, uh, on the Isle of Arran. Um, but it's also a global drink. 
you know, it's exported to 180 countries across the world now. Um, I mean, it, many people don't know that the equivalent of 39 bottles of Scotch whisky are exported every single second from Scotland to markets across the world. So click your fingers. That's another 39 bottles of Scotch whisky that's just gone out there into the global marketplace. Uh, it, Scotch has changed hugely over the last 300 years. Um, I mean, really... The, the process of taking whiskey to the world it began in the mid 19th century with the great whiskey barons, people like Tommy Dewar, Alexander Walker, James Buchanan, all of whom you know still have whiskies named after them today. The, these people were all retail geniuses of their time, and, and they really saw an opportunity to export whiskey to far flung markets. And that's how Scotch has got to this position of being the, the world's premier whisky now and exported to all those global markets. I mean, of course, we've had to endure several bumps in the road uh, along the way. There was prohibition, of course, in the United States in the 1920s. There's been two world wars, export quotas during the Second World War. There was the whisky lock of the 1980s where production far outstripped demand. But you know, in, in as an industry that's 500 years in the making, distillers do tend to take the long view about these challenges and they do overcome them to ensure that that story of Scotch, which kind of started in 1494 and went through to the, the time of Burns in the in the 18th century, continues today and then will continue into centuries in the, in the, in the future. Great. And do you know what... What do you think about the role that Burns has played in that industry? I mean, to what extent has Robert Burns and the Burns Supper helped to enhance that global whiskey industry? Well, I mean, both are uh, both Burns and Scotch whiskey are synonymous with uh, with Scotland, uh, and you know you couldn't have uh, you know, a Burns night really without Scotch whiskey being part of it. But you couldn't have. Um, a Burns night without the the writings of Burns 300 years ago, and of course you've already mentioned that he spoke about Scotland's national drink in quite a few of his his poems and, and other writings. Um, so really, they have developed together. And when we celebrate Burns night, um, it's not just a celebration in Scotland, but there'll be people who will be raising drams to the bard right across the world. And that, I think that's a great thing. It shows that you know Scotland's out there in the in the the, the in the world. It's celebrating its past. It's celebrating its great industries like Scotch whisky, and hopefully that will continue in the centuries ahead. Mm -hmm. And Jacqueline, so would you say that January is one of Isle of Arran Distillery's most busy months? Yes, um, it certainly can be. We we really like to get involved um, with a lot of burns, suppers, a lot of celebrations. We have, um, obviously it's a really busy month for our Robert Burns Mall as it's enjoyed. It's a great, um, really light, fresh, easy drinking whiskey. So it pairs really beautifully with a burns supper because a lot of people um, are looking for something that, that will accompany a meal. Obviously, you know, a, a robust burns supper um, demands a nice flavoursome whiskey and the Robert Burns malt is great for that because it it, it it just accompanies the real sort of sweetness and spiciness of a of the haggis and the, the neeps and the tatties along with it. So it's yeah, it's a great month for us and it's it's a really proud moment for us to be able to um visit some of our worldwide markets as as I mentioned earlier, the USA and Canada in particular, where you know you have so much effort uh, put into these burn sumpers and these gatherings um and our whiskey plays a really central part of it and it, it is a lovely experience to be part of. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to ask both of you, in fact, so 
the whiskey, it's meant to be part of this meal, this this good heavenly fare. Mm-hmm. Where do you, Jacqueline, and you, Graham, stand on pouring the whiskey over the haggis? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know about Graham, but I think I think he may agree with me that whiskey is a drink to be enjoyed with with friends and with a bit of good atmosphere and and good and good company. Um, I think that if you want to pour your haggis, uh, pour your whiskey over your haggis, and that's how you enjoy it, I say go ahead. <laughs> good. What about you, Graham? <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I mean, if, um, if if scotch is a drink to be enjoyed, however you want to enjoy it, and if that means enjoying it, uh, uh, enjoying it after you've poured it over the haggis, then then absolutely. But I mean, of course, traditionally, um, if you if you were to enjoy scotch uh, as Burns would have enjoyed scotch uh, three hundred years ago, then you know you'd maybe have it neat first of all. And then with a little bit of water to bring out the flavour. But, you know, I'd be slightly more controversial than that and update it for the 21st century. And the great thing about scotch is it's so versatile that if you don't think scotch is for you, then perhaps you just haven't discovered the right scotch yet or tried it in the way that suits your palate. So maybe on Burns Night this year, uh, people can enjoy a scotch cocktail on Burns Night, you know, classics like the old fashioned or perhaps something more modern, like a a scotch highball with rose water and mint. These are not things that Burns would have enjoyed in his time. But, you know, scotch is always developing. It's it's always evolving and, and we should really stay with the times. Great. And Jacqueline, can you add anything to that? What would be your perfect serve? Well, I certainly can. We have um, couldn't agree more with Graham there. We have developed a, a few cocktails featuring our, our Robert Burns malt um, and our Robert Burns blend, one of which is a kind of Scottish take on a mojito, which we call the Burnito. Oh. And we usually like to start... <laughs> And we usually like to start um, any sort of Burns celebrations with with the Burnito. And that's it's really simple. It's the sort of thing that sometimes cocktails can be maybe a wee bit intimidating for people trying to recreate them at home. So we've deliberately kept it simple with a, a nice measure of the Burns malt with some ginger beer, um, a little bit of fresh squeezed lime and some mint. And it's just a really nice um, way to start off your evening. It does serve, as Graham mentioned, for people who are maybe not used to trying a whiskey and have maybe written it off as a drink that's maybe a wee bit too strong or too um, too intimidating. This is a great way to really sort of introduce yourself to the category and try it and feel like you're you're part of the part of the celebration. Um, Again, you know, but there we've got some other a really nice cocktail called a red red rose, which we would recommend for after your burn supper. It's more of a kind of decadent dessert cocktail. It's not dissimilar to your French martini featuring um, chambord cranberry juice and a wee, a wee bit of our burns malt. Um, and it and it's a lovely way to end the evening. Again, as Graham also said, a nice way to um, bring bring a wee bit more of contemporary culture into into what is an enjoyable traditional evening already. Great. The, the, the Bernito is a new one on me. That's one that we added to my in, enjoyment list. Excellent. Well, <laughs> do you know what? Just from speaking to you both, I think we need a burn Supper cocktail guide. We're on it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I couldn't let you go without asking what your personal favourite Burns poem or song is. Jacqueline, would you like to? Well... Given the history of illicit distillation on Aaron, I would probably, I would probably have to say the deals away with the excisemen. 
Um, it's a song that I actually sang when I was a wee girl. Um, <laughs> bef- long before I got involved in the whiskey industry, um, I sang it when I was in primary school for a, a Burns song competition. And I guess it was maybe a, a taste of things to come. <laughs> Very good. And Graham? I've got a couple. I mean, uh, John Barleycorn and uh, uh, Burns talks about the production process, you know, from the, the reaping of the barley, malting and distilling to create the, the water of life. I think that's a, a wonderful poem. But uh, I'll, I'll choose Scotch Drink, uh, where, you know, he talks about whiskey in the poem for sure, but it's actually wider than that. It's an expression um, of the nature of happiness, really, it's it's about community and cooperation and warmth and friendliness, and you know that's really what Scotch is about, and that's what people were experienced on on Burns Night. I hope um, he also takes a, a swipe at the excise man in that poem as well, so it's familiar to to Burns's writing, uh, the tax man. Absolutely, I'm sure our audience will love discovering those works as they enjoy a Burns cocktail this season. So thank you very very much for speaking with me today and enjoy your burn suppers. Thanks, Pauline. Thank you.